Um, I want to thank you all today for coming out to hear the word of God. I know that there are a lot of things that you can be doing today, but instead you came out and you chose to hear the word of God. All right. You know, I often say how important it is to study the word of God. You know, because the word is truth. All right. And when we study the word of God, we develop a relationship with him. All right. Not only that, but God loves it when we study his word. All right. Because that's showing an initiative that we want to get to know him. All right. <laughs> so. I want to get right into it today, all right? Um, we are coming up on December 25th, all right? For those of you who don't know, all right, and... I'm sure there are some people who don't know this. December 25th, we celebrate the birth of Christ. All right. Many of us know that it is Christmas. Not all of us, but many of us know that it is Christmas. But I want to talk about the birth of Christ. All right. The reason why we celebrate Christmas. Okay. Now, as I said, the reason why we celebrate Christmas is we celebrate the birth of Christ, okay? We do. We celebrate the birth of Christ, and we know that it's a big Christian holiday, all right? Same as Easter, okay? Um, Easter, we celebrate Christ's death. It's a major Christian holiday, all right? However, nowadays it seems as though we just celebrate it by, let's say, force of habit or maybe by tradition, all right? In other words, okay, it's December, I'm a Christian. It's already ingrained in my memory that I'm supposed to celebrate the birth of Christ, okay? Think of the, um, what you would call the nativity scene, all right? Christ is being born in a manger, all right? Mary and Joseph sur um, surrounds baby Jesus, okay? He's born in um, the stable because there's no room in the inn. That's ingrained in our memory. Okay. But. I want to talk to you today about why Christ Jesus. Is born. Because 
we're not celebrating the birth of Christ. We're not celebrating the birth of Christ. What we're celebrating is the beginning of Christ's life. Okay? When Christ first came to show himself. All right. But what I really want to talk about today is why was Christ born? Okay. We read in the Gospels, Matthew, Gospel according to Matthew, the Gospel according to Mark, the Gospel according to Luke, and the Gospel according to John. We read about his life, his entire life, his birth, um, Everything he has done in between. I'm not going to get too much into that right now. And his death and his resurrection. All right. And um, the continuation of his ministry for 40 days after his resurrection and his ascension into heaven. All right. That's what we know about Christ. But why was Christ born? What's the whole point? Of Christ being born. That's what I want to talk to you about. If we did not need. Christ Jesus. If we did not need Christ Jesus. Would there be a Christmas? Would there be a Christmas? If we did not need Christ Jesus. In other words. If everyone was perfect. Alright. If everyone was perfect. Would we need Christ Jesus? Would there be a Christmas? All right. Well, in a perfect world, which we do not live in, okay, the answer would be no. And there would be no Christmas, all right? Or Christmas would not be a Christian holiday, okay? Maybe there would be some other kind of Christmas tradition as there are now. But in a perfect world, we would not be celebrating the birth of Christ. So why was Christ born? Why was Christ born? Well, because we don't live in a perfect world. Because there are sinners. There were sinners before Christ came into this world. Well, what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? All right. Well, we all know Luke chapter two. The book, the, the gospel, according to Luke chapter two. All right. 
Um, a lot of us know um, verses 7, and she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there were there was no room for them in the inn. But let's go before that. Okay. And this may be a pretty long episode. I'm not sure, but. We're going to go way before the birth of Christ. Okay. In fact, we are going to go back to the creation of man. You see, God created man perfect. He created the world perfect. Everything was created in God's image. Everything that is created in God's image is made perfect, okay? Man was made perfect. Man lived perfect, okay? And I'm referring to Adam, all right? And I'm referring to Eve, all right? Everything was beautiful. At this point, there was no intention of Christ being born. In other words, at that point, we did not need a savior, okay? However, Adam eventually sinned and Eve eventually sinned, okay? Um, it's what we um, have come to know as the fall of man, all right? Um, fast forward a little bit. The world has become so wicked that... God regrets even making man. So he decides to start over. He floods the world. Floods the entire world. Destroys the entire world. With an apocalyptic flood. Okay? So he can start over. Fast forward a little bit more. Now the world is still imperfect. Okay? I'm going to do a bit of fast forwarding through here. Okay. Now. We have births of civilizations. Okay. Yes. Um, two of those types of people. We have the Hebrews. There are, they are a type of people with. No place to call their home, okay? At that time, call them nomads, if you will, whatever. And then they have Egyptians, okay? They are the, they are the dominant civilization at the time, okay? So, you have the leader, Pharaoh, looking at these Hebrews, who keep on multiplying, multiplying, and multiplying. Pharaoh's saying, look, right now, we are the dominant 
civilization, okay, we can't let these Hebrews keep multiplying like this. We keep letting these Hebrews multiply like this. They might say, hey, we need some place to call our own. We need to establish a home, a homeland, you know. They might start looking at us. They might want to go to war with us. And they might win. So what we as Egyptians need to do is take these Hebrews into captivity. Make them our slaves. Okay? Fast forward a little bit more. Moses comes onto the scene. Okay? Now, after 400 years of slavery, okay, of the Israelites being in slavery, all right, Moses eventually freed these Israelites. Moses, he was treated as an Egyptian. I'm not going to get too much into this because this is a whole nother different story, all right? But Moses, he was treated as royalty, as an Egyptian. However, he was a Hebrew. He was truly a Hebrew. All right? God eventually told Moses, hey, free my people. Okay? Moses led them through the desert. All right? This is where Israel starts showing their, you know, who, who they are. All right. All they did was nag and complain and nag and complain. And to a certain extent, I kind of understand that. All right. I mean, you're traveling in, in the desert in circles, you know, for years. You know, you, you kind of start to get frustrated, you know, said, hey, I could have sworn I seen that same rock a week ago. Dude, for the past year, we've been going in the same direction. All right. And they've been, they've been wandering through the desert for, they've been wandering in the desert for 40 years, okay? I would start to get frustrated too. I get it, okay? But when you start blaming God, that is showing who you really are. When you start blaming God for your problems, for, and you start nagging God, that's when you start showing who you really are. And that's what Israel was doing. Okay. So. Fast forward a little bit. Moses reaches this mountain. Called Mount um, Sinai. Goes up to the top of the mountain. Okay. 
God presents Moses with a set of laws, a whole bunch of laws and commandments, okay? This is their constitution, all right? Um, if you want to call it the Ten Commandments, is their Ten Amendments, if you will, <laughs> okay? And this is sacred to them, all right? This is sacred to them. Um, if you want to call it, these are their Declaration of Independence, okay? This is what declares them Hebrews, okay? Many can say, oh, well, all right, they established laws. They pretty much established a government. Not true, okay? For a long time after that, They've had no ruler, they've had no governmental system, they've had no king. Everyone, every Hebrew has done what was right in their own eyes, okay? They lived how they wanted to live, okay? There was no justice, all right? There was no judicial system, all right? You can do whatever you wanted and pretty much get away with it, okay? You know that God didn't like it. You know it went against um, the laws and the commandments. But, you know, there was no judicial system, if you will, okay? Finally, Israel, they said they wanted a king. All right. Now, they didn't know what they were getting into, but eventually God appointed Israel a king. Okay. You would think, okay, it ends there. Now they have a king. Now they have laws. Now they have a governmental system. Now they have a land. Okay. Everything is good. Not so. You know, Israel was always God's chosen people. Okay, listen now. I'm going to digress for just a little bit. Israel was always God's chosen people. All right? Israel and the Hebrews, they were promised to Abraham. Now, God isn't going to go back on his word, all right? Still, God, he is, he is saying, to himself and he's not really saying this to himself all right but i can imagine him saying to himself are these really the people that i want representing me because at the rate they're going this is this is 
what Israel is going to be like for the rest of eternity, so long as they are on this world, in this world. And is this the people who I want to represent me? You know, these ungrateful, unhappy, complaining, disloyal group of people. So, God now has a plan, and I'm going to get into that, all right? I want to, talk, I want to continue to talk about Israel for a little bit. See, Israel, they, they develop a pattern, okay? What do I mean by that? Israel develops a pattern in the fact that, okay, yes, Israel, God's chosen people, they are acting like they are God's chosen people. They are obedient to God. They worship God. Okay. However, they start getting beside themselves. Maybe a little bit full of themselves because they are God's chosen people. All right. They hold this special title. And they think that no matter what, they will always be God's chosen people. And... They won't have to answer to anything or they won't have to answer to God for anything. All right. For any of their sins. So they start sinning. OK. And they fall out of favor with God. OK. They eventually ask for God's forgiveness. God forgives Israel. Israel gets back in God's good graces. However, Israel, they again start getting full of themselves, start getting beside themselves, start doing whatever they want to do. All right. God decides to punish Israel. Israel repents. God forgives Israel. Now Israel is back in God's good graces. Now, because they're in God's good graces, they feel as though they can do whatever they want to do again. And this is the pattern that they develop. Okay. In other words, one, one moment they're good. The next moment they're bad. One moment they're good. The next moment they're bad. And this is how they are living. All right. And God is saying, is this the people who I want to represent me? All right. Again, that's not biblical. Exactly. All right. He's not really saying, is this the people who I want to represent me? Is, is, are these um, really who I want, you know, to... To, um, <laughs> to represent me. So, but that's what I can imagine God saying. So God has this plan. Okay. He said, in a nutshell... Rather than having these people 
you know, always repent only on a specific day, on the day of atonement, all right? And offer sacrifices to me only on a specific day, rather than do that, okay? I'm going to give them a better opportunity, all right? For all the people who lived righteously, for all the people who have lived according to my name, but did not, but just could not make it because they can never fully live up to the law. I'm going to give them a better opportunity, okay? Because the fact of the matter is, is that, man, they would never be able to live up to God's expectation. God was the one who had created these laws. These laws were all created by God. They were presented to Moses. They were written out by Moses, but they were given by God. All right. And God is perfect. Everything that God does is perfect. Okay, and man is not perfect. Okay, man, they might be able to follow, um, let's say seven out of ten of the laws, eight out of ten of the laws, even nine out of ten of the laws, but they'll never be perfect, so they can never live up to God's full expectations. And if they can't live up to ten out of ten of the laws, then I'm sorry to say. You know, they will never be able to make it. So now, what is God's chosen people to do? I mean, these are God's chosen people. Are they just all going to um, go to hell when they die? Because there is no way for them to have salvation. What is God's people to do? Okay. So God devises this one plan. God has this plan. Okay. This plan has always been effect, in effect. God had this plan since the beginning of time. He knew that this would happen. Okay. God said, I'm going to give to Israel a final sacrifice. So they will no longer have to keep on making sacrifices and making altars, all right, and killing calves and killing goats, all right, and killing rams and, and all of that. I will give them the sacrifice of all sacrifices, okay? I will give them the lamb of all lambs, all right? This lamb... I'm going to give them is going to be my lamb, the lamb of God. Okay. The lamb I'm going to give them, this lamb is my lamb. This lamb will be your lamb. This lamb will be made for you and me. Okay. Now, the point of God giving us this final sacrifice 
was so that we would no longer have to be expected to live up to the law, to uphold this perfect law, this perfect set of commandments. Okay? So, when God sent his lamb, it was a huge relief, a huge relief, okay? It was, it was a great moment, all right, and it literally changed the world, all right? We talk about moments in history that that changed the world. This was the moment of all moments that changed the world. Okay. God had sent his son. All right. He loved us so much that he came down in the form of man. The form of a physical being. Okay. For God so loved us so much. For God so loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. For whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. This was the opportunity that we have and that we still have as Christians, okay? Because we were sinners, all right, because we were sinners, that is why Christ was born, okay? All of these, all of the wickedness in the world, okay? And I'm not just talking about the wickedness of Israel. I'm not just talking about the wickedness of Babylon. I'm not just talking about all the wickedness going on in the Middle East, all right? Or in these biblical places. I'm talking about the wickedness of the world. Okay. You look at all of the wickedness of the world. Okay. Um, whether it be China. Whether it be Russia. India. The Middle East. Africa. North Africa. South Africa. Okay. Um, England. Okay. Rome which back then stretched from uh, from Israel all the way to, if I'm not mistaken, um, man, I'm not sure, but it stretched a long way, all right? All the way across Europe back then, all right? And it didn't just stop there, all right? You look at all the wickedness that was going on in the Americas that wasn't even discovered yet, okay? 
all of these all of these tribes in the Americas that wasn't even discovered yet. You look at the wickedness that was going on over there. All of these false gods that were being worshipped all over the world. Christ died, or Christ was born, rather, I should say, so that all of those people, all of those people who are sinning, would have the opportunity to receive salvation. Now, I don't want to talk about why Christ Jesus died for our sins. No, okay, because... Um, we're discussing more, around, more along the birth of Christ, seeing as how we are in the, seeing as how we are in the month of December. All right. Still, that is why Christ had came. God had sent us Christ Jesus. All right. So that he could eventually die for our sins, okay? He was perfect in every way, in every way, all right? He is the Son of God, the Lamb of God. He was born of a virgin, okay? He is pure. All right. He he's not just he's not just some random guy. He's not just some important figure. All right. He's not just some important prophet. All right. He is the true son of God. He is the reason why we as sinners, have the opportunity to go to heaven. Because the fact of the matter is, is that had Christ Jesus not come, had Christ Jesus not been born, we would all be hell bound. All right? Whether I believe in God or not, all right? No matter how much I believe in God, no matter how much I read the scripture, no matter how much I pray, no matter how much I live righteously, okay, no matter how much I, I love my family, okay, had Christ Jesus not been born, I would be bound for hell. I would. Christ was the ultimate sacrifice. The way how Christ died on the cross, the way how he died, no amount of, of blood spilled from any ram, from any goat, from any birds, from any other lamb, 
No amount of blood spilt on an altar could ever pay, could ever be payment enough like how Christ's sacrifice was. And I hope I'm saying that correctly. But he was he was the ultimate, the ultimate sacrifice. That is why Christ Jesus was born. All right. That is why he is he was born. So you see, every December 25th, every December 25th. We celebrate the birth of Christ. And even for those who don't celebrate the birth of Christ. It's tradition that we see. Um, the nativity scene. All right. People just automatically know what that is. It's a universal sign what that is. All right. Whether whether you even um, set that up in your house or not, people just know what it is. All right. I I remember <laughs> growing up, we used to um always look at the Christmas lights in our neighborhood, and there was this one house I remember. It was a big house, and they had all the Christmas lights you know, on it and in their front yard, it was decked out. It, it was so beautiful. All right. It was just awesome. Okay. It had lights around the windows, around the doors, along the framework, um, along the roof. It had reefs. It had all of that. All right. And in this yard, um, it had candy canes and candles and on top of the roof, it had Santa with the reindeer and all that. Okay. And it had Frosty and, you know, whatever. And blow up Frosty or whatever. But somewhere in there, they still found a place for the nativity scene. You know, with Mary and Joseph and the shepherds and Christ Jesus in the manger as a baby, you know, and it had the donkey and point I'm trying to make is that, you know, whether you believe in the nativity scene or not, it's a universally known around Christmas. So, you know, so you see, we know about the birth of Christ Jesus. Okay. Um, during the month of December. All right. Um, but we don't, or at least many of us don't know why he was born. Why was Christ Jesus born? It's a beautiful story that Christ Jesus was born. Luke chapter 2 verses 1 through 14. All right. 
And I want to read that to you. Because it is a beautiful story. But it's not all that Christmas is about. Because it's come to a point where people, Christians alike, they see the birth of Christ Jesus as just a tradition. Okay? Oh, it's Christmas time. We have to know the reason for the season. You know, Jesus's birthday, you know, um, it's about Christ's birth. It's, you know, Jesus was born in a manger, you know. And then the next Christmas comes and they say the same exact thing. The same exact thing. And it gets to a point that they just say it by habit. And it's a beautiful story. It really is. And it's a true story. It is true. Okay. The Gospels tell us that. But we have to know why Christ Jesus was born. Still, I want to read to you from the Gospel according to Luke verses, or chapter 2 verses 1 through 14. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. Governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea. To the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. To be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes. And laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's where we get the song, glory to God, glory in the highest. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. That's where we get that song from. All right. And I'm telling you, it's a beautiful set of scriptures. It is. And it's the truth. And I love reading, 
I personally love reading those set of scriptures because as I said, it's a relief. It lets us know that Christ came so that when I die, despite all of my sins, because I accepted Christ Jesus into my life, I will go to heaven. It's a relief because everyone in this world now has the opportunity to get to heaven. Before Christ was born, people didn't have that opportunity. Okay? You know, around Christmas time, the month of December, because let's face it, all right, Christmas, it's not a one-day holiday like every other holiday is. Christmas is a 25-day holiday, and I'm sure you know what that means, okay? It's a very exciting time. It's a very exciting time, for me included, all right? One of the things that I love, or one of the things I look forward to, as soon as December comes, is I look forward to buying eggnog at the store, all right? Getting my creme brulee latte at Starbucks, okay? <laughs> and... Buying ginger snaps. Okay, that's one thing. That's one of the three. Well, that's three of the many things that I really look forward to at the beginning of December. All right. Um, and like many of us, we buy presents for our kids and for others. All right. We like to do it up big sometimes and decorate the inside of our house. The outside of our house, okay, maybe with um, wreaths and and lights, Christmas lights. Some like to put up Christmas trees, okay. That's all well and good. That's all well and good. But we still have to remember what Christmas is really about. It's not only about the birth of Christ. It's not. Okay? We have to remember why Christ Jesus was born. Yes, when we go to church, we often read from the book of Luke chapter 2. We often discuss the birth of Christ, okay? For those who go to um, bigger churches, you might see on the stage um, it being decorated a little bit to look, you know, festive, to look real Christmassy or whatever you want to call it, okay? 
But even though we we give glory to the birth of Christ, we still have to know why Christ Jesus was born. I mean, honestly, there are a lot of great people in the world who were born, all right, in history. Maybe some even deserve their own holiday. I don't know. But nobody ever came into this world with the same plan that God had for his son, Christ Jesus. Okay. In other words, we don't just need to know about the birth of Christ Jesus. I mean, there were a lot of important births in, 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 in this lifetime, in this world's lifetime. Okay. We have to know about why Christ Jesus was born. All right. I want to thank you all for coming out to hear the word this morning or this afternoon, actually. And I'm going to close with a prayer. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day, Lord God. Thank you for the reading of your word, Heavenly Father. And I pray, oh Lord, that you just continue to give us wisdom, knowledge, and understanding in the reading of your word, Lord God. Lord, and I pray, oh Lord, that you just help us apply your word to our everyday life, oh Lord God. Lord Jesus, I pray that you just continue to give us the desire and the want to and the will and the passion to continue to study your word, oh Lord. I thank you, Lord God, for your many blessings. Lord God, I thank you for being born, O oh Lord God. Lord Jesus, I thank you for being born, O oh Lord. Help us, Lord God, to just remember why you had sent your son. In your name I pray, amen. Now, before I go, I want to leave you with this verse. Galatians chapter 5, verses 1. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Thank you all.